I am the Alpha and the Omega. No, you're not. I am the bright morning star. I just saw you picking your nose. No, my son, I was scratching it. You're an imposter. I am the Lord, your God. You're not God. Yes, I am, Jesus. Where is God? I am the resurrection. I am the way and the truth. Where is God? Uh, I don't know. Where is he? I don't know. None of us do. He, he's missing. Welcome to Fear Me. Fear Me. Hi, this is Kim. Stuart. And Scott. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fear Me Podcast, where we are covering Preacher's season finale of season one, episode nine, Call and Response. Which I still think is like a 911. Uh -huh. And after seeing this episode, <laughs> I even think it even more. Uh -huh. <laughs> Someone made a call. Someone got a response. Yeah. Well, how are you guys tonight? So, tired, uh -huh. but ready. Love yeah. this episode. Good. Excited to talk about it. Good. And. And what you drinking? What am I drinking? Yeah, Scott, I'm, you first. I am drinking a... Uh, a beer that many people rec recommended to me and I've never tried before, which is Wicked Weeds Napoleon <gasps> Complex. Did you find it in Charlotte? Yes. Really? Mm -hmm. Yep, just found it yesterday. Huh. It's a hoppy pale ale, and it is absolutely delicious. Mm, I love Wicked Weed. Yep. If you ever yep, go to really Asheville, you should go to their brewery, sit down at the bar, take a few swigs, get a growler to go. Mm. Absolutely. Good stuff there. Well, Scott, yeah, Scott, you had to go first because Kim and I have nothing. Well, we have something, what? but we're just drinking swill. Oh, Jesus. Well, it's people. Well, different. way to bring it to the show, guys. Yeah, I know. We we, we, we give it all to you. No, give it back. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Mm -hmm. we're, we're in the process of looking for a house, and so we did not have time to go get beer. That's just, see, that's just an indictment on youth today. I know. When we come back with fear, then we will have something really have good. Have beer. Fear with beer. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Kim. <laughs> sounds like a good title. Actually. I know it does. What did you think of this episode? I love this episode, Scott. It was fantastic. Please explain. <laughs> well, we got to see God. <laughs> well, yeah, kind of. Kind of. Um, but how cool is that? And um, for a lot of little side stories, especially with the mascots that I loved, I love all the little secret stuff that they have hidden in these episodes. And um, yeah, I just thought it was really good. I like that we're finally going to get going on this journey to find God and that it's catching up with the comic books, which I was going to start reading after the season was over, but now I guess I can't. Nope. Nope, me neither. So I'll wait another season, I guess. That's uh -huh. a good point. So yeah, so this we're just caught up to the first book, right? Yep. Yeah, first comic book now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 
Well, what, what so, I've been able to ascertain, that's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, they said that they just drew out the story of why they were looking for God in the first place in a way that the viewer would be able to understand it without having read the book, the mm-hmm. comic. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and obviously they did a pretty good job because I really hadn't even seen that much, uh, that many complaints from people no. on Twitter or anything that, oh, I can't believe they're not going more, you know, forward more with the story. Actually, you know, I've 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 read some things that people have complained about that um, that I guess they're people that have read the comics and so forth, where they're saying that really this was just a prelude season, mm-hmm. and you know, and you probably could have gotten it done in a couple episodes. No way. Well, I don't. I don't agree. It was good. I mean, but I didn't hear. I, I I honestly didn't hear anybody really complaining. And there's a lot of people that I know follow us or we follow as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that um, have read a lot of the comics um, and are, you know, have been you know following the the series for years, right? right. And uh, they had no, they didn't seem to have any problem with with them drawing it out like this. Well, that and I think they elaborated on a lot of stuff that didn't actually even ha- happen in the comic. So I think there was a lot of content there that just added to the story as well for the the people that are sure, that are sure. and, been following. And let me say this: let me say this. I love the show. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely loved it. I love this episode. Um, we didn't ask you yet, thought, though, Scott. I don't. I'm not asking. I'm not waiting. <laughs> um, no, I'm saying this because it's prefacing a point um, that I had that I was thinking about. I thought, but I thought it was great, and that it was a wild ride, and there was some fantastic visuals and and so forth. And the music was great, mm-hmm. um, and I love the fact that Jesse and Tulip's relationship actually starts making a little mm-hmm. bit more sense. Um, I did, you know, before I didn't feel like there was a lot of fire there, but but now it seems like it, it's a it's much more of a realistic relationship, even in the crazy place that they are. Right, right. Um, but the one the one complaint I have, and I you know, and I and it's a very small one because I really don't feel bad about this, but I can imagine some people thinking, why did we get to know these characters? All the other characters. You mean everybody we ended up in the just town? killing them? Yeah, because we ended up just killing them off. Why not? It's season. just interesting. Yeah, but I mean, but I guess what they're they would might say is that uh, why didn't we just get on with the story? Yeah. Well, I think that a lot of the side characters influenced part of the story. Mm-hmm. Miles, mm-hmm. Um, he had a big part, and then like all of Quinn Cannon's men, just to understand that Quinn Cannon was kind of the meat god as he's. So proclaimed himself, mm-hmm. but where does where does that go? How is that influenced um, in the greater story? If all they're doing is they're chasing down God because God's missing. Well, I think you know the interactions between the two between all those characters and the main Trinity characters that we're dealing with uh, just goes to help build who they are. Yeah, like their, their interactions, mm-hmm. how they stand up against people, you know, all that stuff. So. And, and keep in mind, I'm just being devil's advocate here. I I don't necessarily agree, um, think that they did it wrong. I I actually enjoyed it. I love the characters. I mean, I could watch that whole this whole season as a standalone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was it was a riot. But I certainly can understand some people complaining that we got to learn a, a whole crew and of, of characters and characters that we were taught to care about and so forth. And then they're all gone. Well, do we know that they are all definitely yes. gone? Yes. We do. All of them. Yep. Well, it said on the news that it was all gone. 
They said there's no way anybody could have survived, is what they said, right? Well, it said it wiped the town off the face of the map. So... Well, well the, the creator, the, uh, one of the guys, the, the producers said that they're gone. They're dead. They're gone. What about Eugene? Eugene is the only one. Eugene's in hell. Right. Eugene he is the saved. only one that will he probably saved. recur. Isn't that crazy? Uh-huh. Um, but I think, I mean, wouldn't it be boring just to have the, the three main characters and not really understand their backstory? I think, uh-huh. I think meeting all of these people, um, I mean, it's kind of like The Walking Dead. Think about it that way. They're kill- In the first couple years, they were killing off people left and right. Why do we care uh-huh. about those people? Well, they influence the rest of the characters in the storyline and uh-huh. re- and uh-huh. influence decisions that people have made and the story arcs and, you know, all that stuff. So they right. made it more but interesting. I guess, I guess to... Sure, I agree. I mean, I, I totally agree. It's just that I... Um, I've seen also people saying that they, they could have done it in a shorter period of time and been right on to into the meat of the story. Personally, I mean, I loved it. I mean, I thought the, the characters were fun, and it really established itself as a wild show. Mm-hmm. But I also I feel that it gave people who are not familiar with the, with the, uh, the comic books and the backstories and things like that a chance to get into the story ahead of time in a more stationary format. Um, well, I, I, I heard, I heard that it could be really, um, it would have been wild to try to visualize this show the way it came out in the comic book on, on TV. What I have to say to that is that many people have tried and failed to put this show into production and these three guys finally succeeded. So they must've done something right. Uh And it's a hit show. So the people who are poo pooing it, you know, I don't. I, I don't necessarily see people poo pooing it. I just see people, um, you know, questioning the length of, of the stuff. But I don't think they're they're down on. It. I mean, everybody seems to. Let me put it this way: stuff I I've read who, of people who have had a complaint. They say the season was was too long, but loved every minute of it. And I'm paid to complain. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I think that what they're talking about is that there was a, there was so many scenes and so forth that made the show that, um, you know, even though you probably should say it was too long, it w- really didn't matter because there was a lot of fun stuff going on. Right. So why complain? I loved it. I'm just bringing I'm just bringing what I've read. I know. Do the thing. It's worth a discussion. It is worth a discussion. I just think that it was. It was kitschy. It was crazy and zany in places. It was disturbing in a lot of places. Um, brought up a lot of questions about things, about life, about society. Um, and I just thought it was nothing short of perfect. Well, <laughs> well. well it, it, let's put it this way, too. You know, one of the one of the positives is, is uh, you know, God came and God wasn't God. So everybody had to go. Mm hmm. And, um, but then at the same time, the negative would be, man, all the characters had to go. (laughs) I think it brings up a really good point that, um, you know, when, when people do not have faith in something, whether it's the God or another God or whatever, um, that they don't have a purpose to live, that they feel that there's nothing to live for anymore. Use it or lose it. Yeah, and people need something to cling to to help them through times of sorrow and depression and, you know, all the bad things that happen in life. And when you don't have that thing, what's the point? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I think um, I think Emily summed it up best too mm-hmm. later on, and we'll talk about it later on. But she's pretty much summed up the whole situation there when they found out God was God. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that this first season was fantastic. I'm mm-hmm. super excited for the next season and for where they are going to take us because, you know, not being a comic book reader, I have no idea. Are they going to travel around the country? Do they leave the country? I have no idea, but it sounds like it's going to be awesome. And I can't wait to see the people that they encounter along the way. Stu, what did you think? I thought it was fucking awful. (laughs) What? (laughs) No, I thought it was good. It was very good. I was actually surprised in this episode specifically talking about, like, Carlos, about how... um, kind of a sleazebag character he was and i thought that was good because I, I thought he was kind of a mastermind coming into this and then right, i thought right. you know unmasking god the way they did was brilliant and uh we ended with a meat baby so what more mm-hmm. could you ask for <laughs> you really can't no it was it was brilliantly weird when do- i think they did a really mm-hmm. good job to to bring that home in this episode for sure and oh the uh you got the manure uh power plant mm. The methane power pants. Yeah, yeah. Power pants. Power pants. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was really well done. I, I thought it was a great way mm-hmm. to end it, and they truly did end it, but then it's like they're going to start a whole new series, so it's like going to be, you know, Christmas next time we get to watch the next season, so. I, no doubt. I, I will say this. the the I I was actually a little bit disappointed by Carlos, to tell you the truth, because um, I was kind of hoping that Carlos had something to do with with the helicopter that was chasing um, Tulip early uh, in the series yeah. and so forth. You know, what was all that about? Yeah, but I, th- I loved it because it was like, we, we don't really need to know anything more about him. He was just this weak guy. Um, it surprised me that he wasn't a little bit more powerful, a little bit more intelligent. Mm-hmm. He was just right. a jealous, kind of useless guy. And they didn't even right. bother wasting time beating him, well, killing him. Yes, they sir. beat him up. No, they didn't kill him. They yeah, beat yeah. him up pretty but they good, didn't, Yeah, they didn't waste time killing him. Talk about your zombie tribute, too. Did you yes, see that that's... when he pops out of the bushes mm-hmm. there at the end? Um, <laughs> that was definitely zombie because he comes out and he's like, oh. Yeah, yes. and then the way he just shambles off with his leg kind of yes. crooked underneath him and his arms all bent up and stuff. Yeah. Yes, yes. That was A little, little awesome. love to AMC's Walking Dead. So we, Yeah, so um, they, now they've done the Walking Dead and Breaking Bad in there. Yes, Exactly, exactly. Hey, they know their crew. I know, mm-hmm. much love to Preacher. Maybe yep. somebody else will put Preacher in their show. Yep. Did you like the, uh, did you like the countdown? Yeah. The countdown oh, to yeah. God. Yep. Yes, yes. Very cool feature. I love the, uh, the, the bowling ball blues playing the, the song. Bowling ball blues? What is that? Uh, it's, a, it's an old uh, country song. That was being played while they were, yeah. I mean, I heard Will showing around the town. That's cool. I'll have to go back and listen. But yeah, like Kim said, they did. They played the Willie Nelson time of the preacher again, which is Uh what they started the the whole series out with too. So they ended with it as well, which I thought was a nice touch. Yep. So I thought, yeah, I thought the the countdown was a riot and and was a neat touch and. uh, and I thought, you know, just the when I saw the scene, and I think I even texted it when I saw the scene with the, with the, uh, the what is it, a groundhog, prairie dog, oh, mascot, prairie dog, prairie dog. Yeah. the prairie dog mascot looking out the window and the bus, the school bus, pedophile <laughs> yes. school bus went rolling yeah. by. I went, oh, I'm gonna like this one. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then the preacher goes running by, and that woman, <laughs> yeah, that black that woman's was like pointing at him. 
No, he runs by and he goes, hey, Madge. Yeah, yeah that's right. She looks at him <laughs> and uh, she starts pointing. He's over here. He's over here. <laughs> I think you could hear, oh, like, great. in the background, the preachers, or what, what did they say? Jesse Custer is no, still, there was, still at large. Yeah, they said, uh, yeah, the radio host, he said, um, he said, local freak Eugene Root is still missing. <laughs> yeah. And, and local preacher is still on the run from the police. Yeah, and then you see him run by. Hi, Madge. We also <laughs> saw a couple of different signs in this one. Then the first one was, run, preacher, run. Yep, Do you remember that exactly. one? Exactly. That yeah, good. that was on that uh, the diners yeah. sign or whatever. Yeah. So I guess we great. won't have any more um, Simpsons church sign anymore, huh? No, no. I did like the last one though. Yeah. Today, meet meet God tomorrow TBD. to be determined. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> and it was right. Yeah. Tomorrow you die. Yes. To be determined. Because nothing matters anymore. But yeah, in the whole countdown there, you know, you're everybody's getting ready to go to the sermon. Yep. And the first yep. thing you see is this line of people and they've got like the bikini wax 20% off. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. 50%. Oh, buddy. is it 50% off? Oh, okay. 50% off. That's a deal worth doing. And like we said, we got the you got the uh the creepy prairie dog mascot walking around. Mm-hmm. Um you but know, wait, graffiti let's... and so forth. <laughs> Why mm-hmm. are they doing bikini waxes? Did they think I they don't were going to get that's, it? But that's what God? was so funny. <laughs> that's what makes it. It's called irony. Yes, that's I, what makes it so. Irony. It was ironic. very funny. Mm-hmm. It was. <laughs> so we find out um, that uh, Tulip is talking to. Um, oh, what's the woman's name? The the whorehouse woman. Oh, I can't remember. You know what I'm talking about, Mose. Yeah, Mose. Mose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She, yeah, so she's talking to Mose, and Mose let, lets her in on, um, <laughs> how does she say, the most vile redneck has Jesse or whatever, mm-hmm. and she figured out, oh, yeah, yeah, that's Donnie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she goes so she goes over to Donnie's house and uh, roars right up to, well, we get to see Donnie abusing his wife like she loves, so mm-hmm. it was a very caring moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> we see them, you know, <laughs> she's... <laughs> icing down her ass with a bag of blue, blueberry, frozen blueberries. Um, and we see in the background, uh, Tulip come walking up to the door and she just smashes a pink flamingo right through the door mm-hmm. <laughs> window and goes in there and, and smacks the wife. Uh-huh. Why is Tulip so upset? Well, because she thought Donnie had captured Jesse. See, she thought, she thought Donnie took him there uh, against his will. Oh, okay. So she was going in to rescue him. And that's why Jesse says later on, so you came to rescue me. Okay, okay. So so what's up with Donnie? Is he still under the influence? Like, Mm-mm. is he under the influence at all? Because he blew his eardrums out. No, I don't think I, so. I think Donnie just had a revelation. Well, yeah, he explains it. He said that um, mm-hmm. the preacher, you know, let him live when he was in the restroom, at the in the men's room at that gas station. And he mm-hmm. just had the realization that, um, you know, he, he had the preacher dead to rights in the the chapel and yeah. so he uh-huh. he let him live because the preacher had let him live previously yeah. and the offer offered you know he also felt merciful so he offered him a place to hide donnie is a very complex character um mm-hmm. i don't know if you noticed in the scene where he's sitting in bed with his wife and he's reading you see the book he's reading no gorillas in the mist oh yes we did see that. We actually commented about that. I was that. like, that's really cool. What a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah, Donnie yeah. is very, very complex and uh, interesting character. 
And he definitely went way to the other side in this episode. Yeah, I just, I didn't believe that he would change that fast. I agree, I agree. Uh, it was a bit of a stretch. And and for the wife, for his wife Betsy, after she gets her nose knocked in by Tulip on the on the table, <laughs> and then all of a sudden she's defending Tulip? I'd be pissed. Well, I mean, I think she, I think, I don't think she wanted to fight with Tulip to begin with. Tulip, you know, was flying off the handle. But, mm-hmm. but you know, the wife said to, you know, Tulip that, you know, hey, you know, the man found God. It takes, you know, a lot of courage for that. And and I think she, she knew that once Tulip stopped sneering at it, I think they all realized they were on the same side. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, you know, and then, of course, you know, Jesse's, you never know what Jesse's going to be like. He was just kind of like, oh, really? Uh, you know, I know, like just, happy-go-lucky. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, of course, uh, Tulip says, well, can you come outside with me? I want you to help me with something. Mm-hmm. And she gets dirty. <laughs> yeah. Dirty, exactly. dirty girl. The, the yes. Yes. people's emotions in this show switch so fast. It's almost like getting whiplash. Like you have to keep up with everybody's emotions and mm-hmm. what they're thinking at that moment. Because even at this point, I was like, okay, why is he doing that? Why is he letting her do that? And then I remembered that he had made that phone call to her last week where he mm-hmm. professed that she was still right. so important to him and all that stuff. Eating pancakes. Yeah. But- you know, when, getting back to Donnie real quick, um, I think one of the, the reasons why the Donnie switch like that was important is it really did add a whole level of comedy to the episode mm-hmm. that probably would not have been there if Donnie was still you know the bad guy confederate redneck yeah um it gave him some depth and I, I think it also gave you kind of like a um you know before the town's going to go up let's get a little bit of camaraderie going mm-hmm. and you know once once enemies get together and so I think you know I think it was a, I think it was a good switch. It was yeah it was a hell of a reach. It really was, but it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it made Donnie a very very interesting character, which, which he already was, but I think even more so. Yeah, but it also gave Jesse a an escape route that mm-hmm. he probably wouldn't have otherwise had with anyone else in town. How else would he get the church? Certain certainly not with Mabel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Stuart, what was in the what was in what did uh Tulip need help with? Oh, got a off Carlos. Yes. Yeah. She said, Well, do you take care of this for me? Because she's trying to get um him to prove that he re- truly does still care for her or care about the situation, truly. I mean we, at that point, um that's when we have the flashback of them back in the bank. Right? So we're we're seeing that his emotions are kind of brought forward uh, his as being Jesse's emotions are brought forward uh, about the baby being killed which is I guess what Tulip was really trying to you know get out of him is you know does he still care about killing Carlos because that seems to be one of the you know that's like her goal in life is to get rid of this guy for what he did Mm -hmm. right which I got to say um, it was a little perplexing that that goal kind of disappeared for a while you mean when she's kind of waiting was... on him to 
Yeah, yeah. because it was all-encompassing there for the first couple episodes, yeah. and then it kind of went as a back burner while they did other things, only to resurge itself here at the end. Um, I don't know. I mean, just, just the thought. Well, and you see that he is, you know, like I was saying earlier, you see that this guy is just a sleaze bag, which, you know, it's kind of weird. He was hitting on that um, the male woman at the... Which front. was hilarious. It was very funny, but he seemed very familiar with her, and yet they're just mm-hmm. there robbing this bank. So I, <laughs> he wasn't familiar with okay, her. Okay, <laughs> so he was just, yeah, he just got her name. And then He was just hitting on her. Okay, because yeah. the way she said Carlos, it almost sounded like she knew him. Yeah, but you know what? Right. The, the ease that um, Jesse and Tulip were going through all those boxes, um, the lock boxes, it's they obviously cased the joint, so they probably were yeah. hanging out there for a while, like a few yeah. weeks <laughs> or so ahead of time to figure out the schedule of everybody coming and going the security guards and all that stuff. So it's very possible that he did get to know the mail lady just so that the he mail could, carrier. yeah, just mm-hmm. so that he could figure out the scheduling of everybody. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I kind of took it that he was just hitting on her um, and got familiar with her because he was smooth talking her. Well, he's definitely a smooth talker. Is he? And that was hilarious. He's a when he said, you know, he's terrible. Do you, do you like Chinese? And she said, uh, no. no, no, really don't. Yeah, and you, but you could hear it in that, really. that, and then walked away. Yeah, but in the <laughs> earphone, you hear, "I'd like Chinese." Chinese sounds good. That's right. Well, they were giving him a hard time first. They were like, "Chinese, that was great." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Shut up." Well, then he didn't he like say he hit on some other woman that walked right by right after that too. No. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Oh. He said something yeah. about yeah. <laughs> like a total sleaze bag. It was awesome. Yeah. Well, he calls the mail girl with the mail carrier Punta. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So, do you think he had the hots for Tulip? Is that why he was so jealous? Or was he just no. jealous of their happiness? I think, just... I think he's just jealous of their happiness. Yeah, I'd agree. He's he's kind of a miserable, hap, you know, sad sack guy. So, yeah, he gets and... the two bags from them. Mm-hmm. And and they're, and they're currently waiting. I don't know if you realize it, but they were currently waiting for the vault, the main safe to be opened. Right. But, yeah, so but they, they emptied out a bunch of those um, safety deposit boxes in those bags, gave it to him. He was going to go take him to the car, and that's when he um, let that one security guy go, or the security guard. Well, yeah, thing. but even before that, I think what changed or what set him on that course is when he went out there and he put the stuff in the back of the car, and he stepped in the puddle with his oh, loafer. Right. His very expensive loafers. Yeah, and I don't know if you noticed, but there was a condom in the puddle, too. Ew, was there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it cracked me up because the first step he took water shot out of the top of his shoe. <laughs> oh, God. But he was so mad about his shoes being ruined. And he was, I think he was just kind of like, I give up. I can't do anything right here. <laughs> and that's when he decided to go screw him up. He said, see if you can get Chinese in prison. Because he <laughs> cut the ropes on that guy. <laughs> Poor guy. And then. Got him killed. And Exactly. And then they ended up killing him. Jesse killed him. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But then she doubles over and has to have a miscarriage, which was incredibly horrible. Mm-hmm. It was very quick, but I can understand where her emotions were coming from at this point and why she would want revenge on Carlos and blaming him for their entire life going to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, though, if they actually got arrested or did they get away? I'm thinking they got arrested. I, I am, too, because I, I can't remember. I'd have to go back and watch, but I thought... Earlier episodes when they were talking about that, they did have to do time. Oh, did they? Okay. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I, I, for some reason, though, I had in my back of my head that 
Jesse or Tulip, one of the two, mentioned having to do time. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the whole baby thing was necessary, to tell you the truth. I think Carlos splitting was probably enough. I do, too. I mean, I think it kind of establishes just why Tulip was so upset and angry all these years and why it eventually just left Jesse behind. Mm-hmm. But I think they probably could have satisfied that with just the fact that they were arrested holding the bag, right. literally. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, it just added... That they were a band. Yeah, it just added a little bit of extra emotional baggage, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess it was there to tie Tulip and Jesse closer together, but I, again, I didn't, I didn't see a need for that either. I mean, I think they were already, yeah, doing a good enough job of that. Although Kim um, did call it in our earlier podcast, she, I think you did call that, Kim. I did, I did. Yeah. Yep. Because I'm a woman. Well done. Yeah. Really. Thanks. Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. <laughs> we know these things. I gotcha. I gotcha. Because we obviously do not. No, y'all don't know anything. No. <laughs> okay, so we got we we figured out where that backstory stuff came in and where Carlos came to play, and well, Jesse we're wakes not mis- up and goes inside and gets oven mitts. Yeah. Which hilarious because. Who knew what he was doing? I thought he was all pissed off. But then, like, okay, fine. He's gonna bake I love cookies. you. Yeah. I love you. I'm going to set this right. And then he gets his oven yeah. mitt and his bag and wraps it around Carlos's head, which, mm-hmm. good for him for thinking ahead there. Well, she already called him out on that. She said, you're going to make a mess. Mm. <laughs> well. He's like, that's why I put the plastic bag and catch all the brains. That's right. Which I don't, th- I think a gun would probably blow that bag open, but whatever. That's what I was saying, too. I was like, obviously, you're going to have a huge hole. Guts are still going to be everywhere. But how sweet, what, what a sweet gesture for your loved one to want to murder somebody for you. Well, that's what she said. This is the most beautiful thing anyone's ever done for me. Yeah. <laughs> Very touching moment. Stuart, you've never done that for me before. No. I think I'm missing something hey, in our relationship. We, got, we have years. Uh, there, folks, there may be only two people on this broadcast in the future. If so, please <laughs> call the police. <laughs> but she changed her tune quite fast uh-huh. when he decided that he would do it. And I think that all she was looking for was his condolence and his concern and his, the fact that he cares. That's right. all she wanted. His affection. She yep. was, that's all she's been trying to get from him the whole se- the whole season is his affection. Mm-hmm. And he's been pushing her off the whole way. Yeah, and he's finally accepted it. Mm-hmm. And he gave and her the it, best present ever. Right. <laughs> and I also thought it. I also thought it gave us one of the the best scenes in the in the show when uh when they decide to let Carlos go. Mm-hmm. You know, and they they untie him and so forth, and he's standing there, and he's kind of like. You guys, I really appreciate it. That was smart. Saying thank you for letting him go. And, and uh, Tulip goes and opens up the trunk, comes out with a tire iron, walks up to him and goes, here, here this is for you. Yeah. And he's looking at it like that. And then and then she goes back and walking. And he's kind of like, all right, what the hell's going on here? Mm-hmm. And then Jesse's like, that's not enough. No, no, no. That's not enough. And Jesse walks up and hands him his gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, Carlos even says, no, not the gun. <laughs> no, don't, don't. I don't want that. I don't want that. Then, uh, then they uh, proceed to kick his ass. We think. Morally. Yeah, we don't even. I think that's the best part. They don't even show it. They just show him like. Oh, we know he did. Yeah, 
That was the whole intention. But I'm saying that they, you just see him all of a sudden show up, and he is, like you said, uh-huh. zombie man at that point. Why didn't he use the yeah. gun? Or fight back at all? Uh, he probably knew that it would only piss, piss Jesse off if he did, <laughs> would be my guess. Yeah, you're probably right. I would have been shooting. <laughs> yep, yep. But I thought that was a great scene. Um, and it really, you know, I, I liked it because it tied Jesse and Tulip together even more because they were partners in crime mm-hmm. on that one. They were working as a team. Well, it brought their whole backstory to, you know, full circle. Mm-hmm. And we yep. we understand why she's always wanted his affections. Um, we don't really understand why he's been blowing her off, but... I think when there's a... Well, because he's been blown off his past. Well, that's what I'm trying to say, that there's... Um, mm-hmm. Whenever there's a situation like that with between a couple, <clears throat> the just just being a woman, I can tell you that the woman's going to take it more to heart than the man. And to know that the man actually cares, that's huge. So. How about that, folks? We got it all figured <laughs> out. Good night, everybody. Just saying. Just saying. All right. Well, then we have Cassidy... Yes. Yeah, that's a great scene in huh? jail. Talking yes, one to of the one best. of the mascots, which was hilarious. <laughs> yep, yep. That mascot guy was hilarious. Um, did you? And you heard he he got out because the um, prairie dog didn't press charges. Yes. <laughs> and then later on, you know that scene with with uh, with the beat up Carlos coming out onto the the sidewalk mm-hmm. there actually happened afterwards because. You, you saw the Indian sneaking down the street with a bouquet of flowers in his hand. Right. Where do you think he was going? Well, we know where he was going, because in jail, he said, for me, it's a big fluffy ass. Mm-hmm. That's right. Whatever floats exactly. your boat. Yep. <laughs> and I, can't, I couldn't hear what Cassidy said as the Indian was leaving the jail cell, but it was something about Brokeback Mountain, and it made me laugh. Oh, did but it said, I mean, he said, I didn't catch he said, that. I know your heart broke, but leave your broke back mountain behind or something like that. Yeah, I couldn't right, really understand right. what he was saying. Which could be translated in all different sorts of ways, but. Exactly. But I got to say, guys, you know, of all the characters I probably would have liked to see more after the last two episodes is Share Fruit. Mm. Me too. His character got so good in the last couple of episodes. Yes. I mean, really, that the whole scene with him, with with uh, Cassidy in the jail cell, and the way he rationalizes things and all was very creepy. Well, he was a, kind of a useless pawn up until this point, up until right. the last couple episodes, and then he, he you could tell he actually had some some meat to him as far as a character. Oh, a lot was. of depth, a lot yeah. of depth. He's a very dynamic actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's one I'm going to miss the most. I think so too. But what I couldn't understand, and I had talked to Stuart about this, is how does he know or how does he suspect that Cassidy is a vampire? Are vampires just like a normal thing in this world, in the preacher world? I don't think so. I think it's just I think it's just um, one of the ways that the show keeps that going is that it's, I think it's one of the humorous parts of the show. Mm-hmm. Is that people just take these kind of craziness at face value? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you're, it's absolutely absurd. But to listen to him explain it, yeah, it makes sense. And why he was very, very calm about it, so forth, like that. You know, I, I like he said. Uh, what did he say? He goes, "So this is your medicine, or at least that's what I read online." Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was it was well played, and and I like the fact that uh, 
Cassidy was accepting it as a necessary evil. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't mad at the sheriff for what he was doing. No. Though he did he try to attack I mean, him once he knew where the, he did. Where the at, sheriff at the was first. Yeah. Right, at the first. But then, you know, even when the sheriff showed him respect and gave him the cigarette. But all that went on until Cassidy finally pushed the sheriff's button by calling... Um, calling Eugene Arseface. Yeah. And and bringing out the sheriff's own guilt, I think, about the way he treated him. Yeah. I felt really bad for Sheriff Root in that moment. You can tell he really loves his son. And, of course, then he unloads into Cassidy six rounds. <laughs> and, and then opens the, opens, the, uh, opens the cage and says, okay, you're free to go. I know. It's like he just wanted to take out his frustrations and his anger on somebody like, and Cassidy. Would and just Cassidy's to laying the on the ground and he goes... Okay, good. I have a place to go. <laughs> but you know, also, I have somewhere to be. The fact that that Sheriff Root shot Cassidy and then he killed the sheriff in the last episode, it really makes me uh-huh. wonder what kind of sheriff he actually is, and how many times he's roughed up jail prisoners, or you know, maybe even killed well, that's, somebody. That's that's what Cassidy Texas said. Law. You know, but that's what Cassidy said. I mean, Cassidy said, you know. Well, he, after he shot him those five times, Cassie's laying on the ground, and he's just like, well, this just proves my point exactly. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> yeah. When he's talking yeah. to the sheriff. But you know. prior to that, he said this is illegal when he shot mm-hmm. him. And right. he said, not in Texas. That's right. Mm. It, it, I guess the thing I got out of it that I thought was interesting, that whole scene, is the violence of it all. What I think was even overshadowed in some respects by the respect these guys came for each mm-hmm. other at the mm-hmm. end of the scene. Even though even though Sheriff Root lost it and shot him up, he knew it wasn't going to kill him. Mm-hmm. He knew it wasn't going to kill him. That was just his frustration. Of course. And, and you know, and that's why he let him go. Yeah. And, and that's why he didn't pursue Jesse when Jesse showed up in church. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I didn't see his respect for. I think he. I mean, he was completely frustrated and let him live. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how much respect he had. Well, I for think Cassidy. he. Res- I think he respected Cassidy later on for his toughness, his ability to withstand it. I think he was kind of saying that to him when he gave him that c- cigarette. Mm-hmm. But he's still loading up to shoot him again. Well, he's oh, also yeah. loading up to shoot oh, him yeah. again just to protect himself. Because every time, well, and he's well, still trying to find every time Jesus. Cassidy gets hungry, he comes at him, and that's when he, he shoots him, and then he gives him a, a cup of blood to kind of satiate that. Mm-hmm. That was pretty creepy when he put that cooler down, and, and they show that scene from the ground level, looking past the cooler yeah. at Cassidy's eyes sitting in the cell, and he's kind of like. Mm, I mean, I just figured this. it was a cooler full of coffee, and he was going to be sitting there a while interrogating him. I knew there was something more sinister than that. <laughs> Well, it was a good scene. Oh, and he he said Monster Swamp again. Did you catch that? Yep. Yes. Yep. He said, yeah, he said, this just proves that it's all a Monster Swamp out there. For sure. I like uh, Cassidy when he <laughs> when Sheriff Root says to him, he goes, uh, he says, you're an asshole. And uh, Cassidy's like, I'm not an asshole. I'm the asshole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Well, that was right before he attacked him, wasn't it? Yep. And and I thought, you know, the whole scene, you know, the big thing, the way the sheriff pieced it together was the criminal record. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was finding all these crimes and, and some of the stuff uh, 
that Cassidy did was hilarious. I mean, the one thing where they were saying um, salt and battery in Vegas, and he, he goes, I told them right from the get-go, I don't like magicians. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> I'm with you, Cassidy. I don't like clowns either, so. That's right. Exactly. But, yeah, you know, but the dates of these things being, uh, from, I think it was from 1961 down 1922. to 1922. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he had been committing these crimes that he has on record. I'll tell you this. He had a pretty extensive record for a small-town sheriff to be able to track down like that. Well, he's got Cassidy. access to national database. Right, but not a lot of people are going to put that together on Cassidy. Now, what gets me, though, is why has Cassidy not changed his name? I was wondering that, too. I mean, has he not read Anne Rice before? You always change your name and your appearance throughout time Mm -hmm. so people don't catch on to you. I think Cassie just doesn't give a shit. Get it together, Cassidy. He doesn't give a shit. He's like, ah, I'll take not. whatever's coming. <laughs> so, um, and and right then we take a quick interlude to um, the control room mm. of Quinn Cannon meat and packing. Um, and uh, looking at a character who I came to understand, I don't remember hearing where the name came out, but his name was Pappy. Yeah. Older guy. Don't know. Um but where he's uh, talking to his wife. Such a sweet little um, conversation. Mm-hmm. He just wants to get a little frisky. Yeah, he just wants she, to be I, loved. And she blocked him off big time. Big cock block. Yep, and which would lead <laughs> to a problem later on. Yes. But nonetheless. His uh, demise. Yes, it was a, it was a definitely uh, creepy to finally see what that room was for. And it was for, you know, collecting all the waste of the uh, cows and... And became a methane chamber. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the people of Anvil knew what they were sitting on top of? No, no. I had, I don't think they had any idea. And I think, now let me get this right. I think he was using the methane to generate the electricity in the town. Yeah, too. they said that right, the whole town right. was generated from that. Yeah, and I think the company was called, or his machine was called the meth, methane uh, electrical monitor system or something mm. like that. Yeah, so anyway, that was another way Quinn Cannon was making money. Um, so that, But after that, we go and we, we find the next morning. And I, I actually thought this was hilarious where uh, Betsy oh. Schenk, Donnie's wife, is uh, talking Best to the cops. in the entire show. She's like, <laughs> what, what, which one? Uh, you get that son of a bitch. <laughs> you get oh, that yeah. son That's of a right. bitch creature. She's <laughs> She sends she sends these cops that are stationed at the uh, church away on a fool's errand because she says she saw them somewhere saw Jesse somewhere else. I thought it was hilarious. Cool. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> yep, yep. And then and then seeing her working with Jesse on on the God Fund was was yeah. really interesting. Um, oh yeah, the severed hand goes like this. Yeah, that <laughs> exactly. was really that was pretty good. And Jesse was kind of like, in the oh, video con. Okay. How did she figure that out? Did you did you notice again? Um, I I don't know why I think these are hilarious. The weapons sticking everywhere, but that scene where they look back and and Jesse and all are they're in front of the church after getting out of the vehicle, and there's a musket stuck in the ground. I noticed <laughs> right that. There. You had texted us about that, but I didn't see it. Yeah, there's musket sitting right in the in the uh, shot. That's funny. Sticking out of the ground. I did notice. And also, were, I mean, even when they got there, it, were lots of bullet holes in, in there. Yes, that's what I was yeah. going to say. Yeah, in the yeah. church inside the mm-hmm. church. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was funny. So now, it's time for God to come to town. Come a calling. 
and and Jesse is getting you know Jesse shows up and uh, he's getting ready to uh, start things off when Quinn Cannon cuts him off and starts going into well, his, yeah he jumped right in when he started he jumped right in and he went on to uh, explain why he thought this was all a bunch of bullshit that religious people are full of shit mm-hmm. and and then <laughs> then he followed it up with with one that hit like a Led Zeppelin which was a uh, uh, there's only one God, and he's the God of meat. Mm-hmm. And everybody's you can looking see everybody around, around like, the room's kind of like, yeah. what the fuck? Exactly. <laughs> Which he yeah, kind of, yeah, definitely and, deflated goes, his he, power right. at that point. Exactly. He kind of went, well, okay, preacher. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's see what happens Let's get here. it going. But that that explains everything that Quinn Cannon's done since he's been under the influence of the preacher. Yep. So it was... Yep. A different kind of god that he was fighting for. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It was, it was his daughter. Very good point. It was the reality of yep. his daughter missing. So Jesse, of course, has difficulty getting the machine going. I kind of expected that. Um, eventually, you know, when everybody seems to be thinking, "Oh God, this is bullshit," and everybody's kind of getting restless, about to leave, all of a sudden the lights go down. The light from outside disappears. Yeah, the sun disappears. Yes, and And boom, boom. there's God, the most stereotypical God ever. Stereotypical (laughs) white trash God you could ever expect. That was a total Monty Python scene. Yeah, it was. Without a doubt. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was hokey. It was so hokey that it was perfect. Yeah. In that, uh, you know, you just knew watching that that this was going to be funny. And Stuart, didn't one um, one of the producers or somebody comment on our Twitter feed about that? Yeah, because people were talking about like who who was going to be on the other end of the phone. That was one of the questions mm-hmm. I had, I had put out there, and and um, oh shoot, I think his name is David Blass, who's one of the um, uh, set or uh, production designers. Actually, mm-hmm. set, had guessed that it was going to be Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, okay, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> and I told funny. him more often than not, you would probably be right. Right. And so, so God, God appears. Oh, and he's evil and at the he, start too. I mean, he's like, he's yes. well, controlling, he's, yeah. he's, you know, the tough, angry he's powerful. God. He's old, he's Old Testament How God. dare you. Right. He's Old Testament God and, until uh, Tulip calls him out. I know. That was great that she did too. It was awesome. Yeah. And she's ripping him a new one. And Jesse, of course, has to stand in because he thinks she's going to be dust <laughs> in a moment. Um <laughs> Oh, you know, actually, before any, can, I'm going to just say it really quick. Before any of that happened, the great thing mm-hmm. was when Tulip went up to Jesse and said, no matter what <laughs> happens after this, we're getting French fries. <laughs> and, uh, you know what I thought you were going to say is when she walks by and says, I told you he was a white guy. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> she did say that. That was good. So Jesse stands in thinking he's going to save her from, from oblivion. and um, And he ends up kind of, challenging god too he's like well if you're the father then why don't you start acting like a father and take some time off from your busy schedule and tell us what the goddamn's going on mm-hmm. and god starts laughing <laughs> just barrels out laughing and he he's like and he looks out at jesse and he goes balls yeah you got, got balls, balls. <laughs> so god does this deign to answer the questions of the people what was that girl's first world. question what was the first question that was asked why do bad things happen to good people? Oh, that's right. That's right. And he gave kind of the typical, you know. Uh, God answer. Religious answer <laughs> to that, yeah. you know. I, I want him to experience all the things to be 
that are being human from love and happiness to pain. Yep. And then she was like, okay, but why? <laughs> and someone cut him off. You paid your time. And I love some guy yells out. Yeah, I love someone yells out. He goes, what happened to the dinosaurs? <laughs> That's right. That was awesome. That's That's when everybody just started yelling out questions. That's right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's good. And on the Talking Dead, I don't know if you heard this, but they were saying that they just basically put a suggestion box out for the crew, and whoever had a question that they would ask God, they just wrote it down on a piece of paper, and they put it in the suggestion box, and then they used all those questions during this scene. That's awesome. Oh, right. Nice. Yeah. Nice. But I liked also that, uh, of course, we get... um, Oh, God, what was his name? One of Queen Cannon's men. Oh. So it's, the dick oh, guy? The guy, can, I get the my guy dick, his... can I get my dick back yeah. on? <laughs> Everybody started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, Jesse started asking him another question, right? At that, That's why right. he started uh-huh. asking him about, well, you know, what happens to Eugene because I sent him to hell. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, then God was like, oh, well, how did you do that, my son? And he's like, well, with, right. with Genesis, the power I have. And God's right. like, oh, well, of course, yes. And then he's like, next question. And that's when <laughs> exactly. the guy says. And he picks his nose. Right. Don't forget that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, but that's right after that, the guy asks, or he asks if he um, can get his dick back on. Everybody starts laughing. And that's when Jesse's like, you're not God, are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, you don't know anything about this, do you? Yeah. I sent him to hell. So he calls out God. And then... In the mayhem, he brings out his monster voice and says to God, are you him? No, he said, where is he? Well, he said, are you him first, I thought. But anyway, whatever. He just brings out the monster voice and the guy's like, yeah, he's like, we don't know where he is. And uh, and then the chaos ensues. Well, he said he could be down there. Yeah, that's right. He <laughs> says, he may be down there. And, uh, and then, of course, he's... <laughs> <laughs> evidently dr- dragged away by angel guards. So it turns out that the God that they had coming down to them was actually just angels trying to hold things together up in heaven because God's taking a siesta. Mm-hmm. Do you think and, they voted on who was going to represent God? No, he picked a good guy. <laughs> With all the he angels. He looked like a good guy. Right. He was the best Symbol. representation. Yeah. He could wear the wig the best. He was doing He was doing pretty well until Jesse you know, called him out and said he was well, picking his nose. Yeah. Right. Well, until he realized that the guy was wrong about about uh, Eugene. Yeah. That's that was the first thing. Yep. When he realized that the guy was saying Eugene's in heaven, he's like, mm, no, no. So anyway, all hell breaks loose at that point, and um, and it's evident that heaven is in shambles. God is gone, and we're on our own. <laughs> Well, I think the other important thing that happened during the God scene was that Quinn Cannon asked where his daughter was. My mm-hmm. family, mm-hmm. my little Lucy Lou. Yeah, yeah. Because God said he, she was in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't. I, up oh. until that point, I don't think he specifically was like targeting just his daughter because we knew his whole family had right. died. Right. Um, but then that that um, comes back into play later on when he's holding the meat baby. Right. But it proves that he lost his faith, that yeah. Kim Cannon lost uh-huh. his faith, which is why he's and, the person he and is. And his mind. But, he yes. was and belie- his mind. but I think the important thing is at that point when he's asking God, he's believing it's God. Yes. Right. Even though he was under this impression that there was this meat God for a while. All this, Right, but all of a sudden he's realized that he was wrong. Yeah. There's a real God there, and he can answer him. Mm-hmm. But when Jesse Only and them turn are leaving, around, when yeah, when Jesse and them are leaving, he's like, "Denounce him! Denounce him!" He's yelling exactly. it again. So, 
And I, I like the way that Jesse and Tulip and Cassidy just walked out. So where are we going? Tulip needs French fries. And, and they left. Um, Jesse was smart producer, had, though, because... But I don't think he had an idea of what was going on around him. Because he he seemed to be kind of like, just like, I'm not dealing with these people anymore. I'm out of here. Yeah, no, but he like, whether he this. knew what was going on or not, he was smart mm-hmm. to get out of there. Because they would have mm-hmm. beat his ass. Yeah. I don't think he was even thinking of that, though. Kim. I'm not saying he was thinking of that. Right. I'm saying no, he no, was smart right. to get out of there. You're right. Mm-hmm. But so. I think his his motivation for it is like, you know, he was like, well, screw God's screw it. God's not around. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you see actually shit really start hitting the fan when you see kind of that blurry. Sh- oh, I know what it was. No, it was when Emily started playing the music. Oh, yeah, that was on the organ. That was that um, 1960s oh, song. Right. What song was yeah. that? Uh, I don't remember. I know which one you're talking about. It was though. good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So she starts playing the organ because she, I think she, the look on her face is kind of like. Relief. So really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. I think. And then she starts playing the music and then you see all the people in the background tearing up stuff and attacking each other. And then you see that really creepy image of Odin Quinn Cannon climbing up there and grabbing that cross and smashing it into the camera. Well, I think at that point. She Emily is seeing that okay, what I did to Miles not back that big a deal. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna suffer for that. And that's what everybody else is thinking. That's exactly what preacher's thinking. Well you saw the face of the guy the uh the pedophile. You see yep. his face oh, when yeah. they showed that God was not mm-hmm. real. He had a big smile on Suddenly his face. you mm-hmm. can get away with anything and not have yeah. to pay for it. Emily wasn't playing mm-hmm. in a God of Davida, was she? No. No. But that would well, have, have been a good nod to um, Simpsons. Mm-hmm. It would, for real. Like we need another nod. To the Simpsons. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, it's just uh, so yeah. So all hell breaks loose around town, and uh-huh. the mascots kill themselves together on the hanging tree. And that's when you start seeing Blind Melon. Yeah. Yep. The montage. So we realize no, which no was rain. fantastic. By yes, the way. it was. What is it? What is it called? It's called No Rain. No Rain. We realize yeah. that the mascots have a secret love affair. Mm-hmm. That uh, the girls killed the bus driver uh-huh. with his pants down, no less. So I wonder if he might have been molesting one of them and they all attacked him. Well, if you see where the blood is, mm-hmm. something was removed. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't catch that. Yes. That's yes. that's wicked. And then Tracy Loach's mm-hmm. mom killed her. Some lost uh-huh. penises in this episode. And I know, penis uh-huh. is a big thing. And then um, her brother takes a selfie of the whole thing. Oh, that, that was hilarious. Was, that was so messed up, though. But it was like It was so, so messed up, but it was perfect. so funny. Yeah. Especially with the music. The music, you know, made it seem so sincere. And all of a sudden, there's this kid taking a selfie with his mother killing his sister. Uh, I was wrong. <laughs> it's like every it teenager great. these days... Mm-hmm. But it was, but it was so this show. Yeah, it was. It was just. It was. It was off the top, and oh, I loved it. And um, and the music just. The music was perfect uh-huh. for all the things that were happening, and the madness that broke out, and the the mascots committing suicide, and and so forth. Um, and even going down to see in the control room, things have gone haywire on the control panel, and we see that the. Uh, there's a uh, prostitute who's trying to shut it down or turn off the alarms right. or something, and we see that the guy, the Pappy, the Pappy, is dead. 
probably from a heart but attack. But before any of that even happens, we see that Tom Cruise is mm-hmm. going into space. Yes, uh, we do. We right. do. Tom's, Tom's ashes are being sent to space. <laughs> Great send-off. Great send-off. Uh, Way to bring that, best that edge of the story to an end. Yep. Yep. I still think the mascots were the best gag, but nonetheless. Oh, I um, did too. And you know that, I mean, obviously everybody knows that the Indian hung himself on the Indian tree. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was full and circle the other, again. And then the other mascot joined him. Mm-hmm. The same tree that the cowboy went past going bef- going into... Uh, rat water. Destroy rat water. Yeah. But back to Pappy. Oh, did you notice one thing? I, I'm sorry. Did you notice one thing that on the sign... To the city, it said Anvil, and established 1882. Oh no, I did not. That was a year after um, the cowboy killed Ratwater, mm. ah. which was 1881. Good catch. Yep. So, evidently, they got a whole new crew in there afterwards. So was but the anyway, cowboy's daughter's name Anne? I don't know that. Ooh, good one, Stuart. Hey. But Stuart, that may answer your question though about. Um, when you were asking if he killed if he killed everybody in the town, not just in the saloon, mm-hmm. evidently he killed everybody in the town. Yeah, because the new town was established. Except for there. the guy that made signs. Right. But good for Pappy. He finally got his groove on, and mm-hmm. with a smile on his face. Yep. Yeah, he did. With a girl with a ball gag in her mouth. Why didn't she take yep. the ball gag out before she started trying to get I think the alarm off? She was off? more worried about shutting things yeah, off. Yeah, I think she was anything. in a hurry. I think the alarms were scarier than the ball mm. gag. The dead old guy and the alarms going off. <laughs> and then she tries to do it, and then you just see her face, and she goes, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then you start seeing the gas release around town from these vents that we've been seeing in different yep. episodes. The methane is all of a sudden shooting out of those things. And, again, we're still getting that great music. Um, and then the nuclear bomb goes off. That was yeah, but cool. We see a spark in one of the vents. But all we see is that the the, um, the chapel blow up, right? We don't really see right. anything else get blown up. Right. But that was That impressive. was very impressive. That was yeah, so was cool. cool. Especially the way it got really quiet. Yeah. And then you just saw that bird flying by, yeah. and all of a sudden, whoosh. And you see it fly outwards, and then it sucks it back in. Mm-hmm. That was yep. awesome. Yep. And did you notice that the church, after it went fast, collapsed into the ground? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where the methane caves were, yep. caverns mm-hmm. were. So if you didn't die in the blast, you would die in the methane if you fell into it. Mm-hmm. It's yep. really and horrible s- way to die. Right. Well, it, I guess. It could be quick for some people, but... I don't um, recommend it. No. <laughs> Mm. Uh, Tony, last time I did it, awful. Mm. Didn't <laughs> get it out of my clothes. your buttocks. <laughs> anyway, thought that was a really fantastic scene. Really brought the town of uh, Anvil to an end. So I gotta ask, though. So they're at this diner this time. Is this diner not part mm-hmm. of the town? Apparently not. No, it's not. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's in a different town. They left town. They got in the car and they split town. The Five Aces Diner? Yeah, uh-huh. and they left just yep. before um, the news reporter announced that the town had been obliterated. Uh, so they didn't hear right. any of that. All right, because they, but this they is said a, on the news that they didn't think that there would be any survivors. So this is not the same diner they always go to, right? This is a different diner. Is that, it must be a different diner? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because as a matter of fact, what I thought was kind of cool is when they were showing the the methane vents, uh, vetting, mm-hmm. venting. Yeah. 
they were going around to all the important places around town that had mattered in it. You know, Emily's house, yeah. the diner. And everything the, uh, had a vent near it. Yes, right. and they were showing all these places where, where you knew that the characters we have seen are in those places. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're going to go. Now, you know, we skipped over one, one, one of the more profound moments of the show was when Emily was talking to her kids. Right. Emily is explaining to her kids, you know, it's kind of the crux of what, uh, I think why she had that almost a sneer on her face, mm-hmm. is that uh, just because there's no God, it doesn't change anything. Mm-hmm. Right. We're still going to get up. We're still going to comb our hair. We're still going to brush our teeth. Um, Daddy's still in heaven. Not the scary part. That was funny. <laughs> I thought that was a good touch. Um, and, you know, and she's pretty much just saying, you know, don't worry about heaven. I mean, don't worry about God. We'll, we'll just do yep. what we're doing. Carry on as no usual. Biggie. Yeah, she said we don't need God, and we never mm-hmm. did. Yep, exactly. But maybe she did, because... She went with the rest of them. Yeah. And so did yeah, all bomb kids. shelter. So sad yep. when you think about it. Mm-hmm. The whole town was wiped well, off all the map. <laughs> the, all these characters that did, you'd invested so much energy, and all of a sudden, they're gone. I know. Kim, you don't sound very sincerely sad when you said well, that. Well, I am. It's, it's so sad. Well, it is. I mean, you think about the whole town and everything that they've established, and if Anvil's been around since, what, 1862? Is that what we said? Yeah. It's a long time. Well, what about like the mascot's dog? Think about the mascot's dog. Well. Oh. <laughs> I think he went with the <laughs> I think I saw him flying by the chapel too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so oh, and uh by the way when you we're in the diner, they're discussing what the next step is going to be. I love uh Cassidy's hat. What it say? It's got a, a Anvil Sheriff's Department hat on. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, he was wearing that at the church, too, I think. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was a really funny touch. And they were also having a very deep discussion about the Big Lebowski. Yes, yes. And uh, Cassidy got to get in his his last line about it, right? Right. Well, Tulip got the last. Steve Buscemi has a heart attack. He dies. They, They lose his ashes. And then they go back to bowling. Now, please tell me what's the point. <laughs> <laughs> I probably got that a little bit off, but that was that was the br- the uh, brunt of it. But it was cool to see it on teach um, teacher the talking preacher afterwards mm-hmm. on uh, with uh, Chris Hardwick, and they talk. Seth Rogen was talking about how that was like a normal conversation that they would have on set or within their fa- their friendship group, and that they right. decided to make it a running theme throughout the whole show. That was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And 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 I thought it was funny listening to him kind of like, you know, I think some people think we really hate that movie. We love that movie. It's one of our yeah. favorites. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They did say that. But, you know, when they go back to the diner and... Um, and they're talking about the Big Lebowski, and he's, they're like, you know, Tulip's like, everybody loves that movie. And he's like, oh, I don't know. It's pretty controversial, whoever. And Jesse's like, hey, does anybody, li- does everybody like the Big Lebowski? And everybody's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Cassidy's kind of like, well. Long yeah, live well. the dude. Do you remember that? Yeah, <laughs> somebody the in the background yelled that. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Then Jesse said, uh, if God wants our help, we're helping. If he doesn't, we're going to kick his ass. That's right. 
And you saw Tulip at that point. She smiled and was like, okay, I'm on board. Yeah, and I think- Cassidy, Cassidy was on board right from the word uh, road trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he wanted to <laughs> do something, anything outside of that church. Exactly. And then when he said, then when uh, when Jesse says that about kicking God's ass, Cassidy's like, oh, I'm really in. Yeah. <laughs> And he sees Eugene on the way out, too. He has a little hallucination on the way out when he's paying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which also shows you, Eugene's going to be back. Of course. Too good of a character not to be. And I'm I'm assuming, I don't know what Eugene was in the comics, but I'm assuming he wasn't a ghost in the comics. Mm -hmm. So I would imagine we're going to get the real Eugene back. He was an arts face. He was an arts face. Did you see they have a new pop vinyl for him? They they were talking about that on the talking preacher last night too, so um, they created a new arse face pop vinyl figurine, and he's got a little pucker face, little pucker mouth. Oh, I did see that. Yes, <laughs> but I yes, think it should I have been bigger. That. It was way too small. Mm-hmm. But Ian Coletti was all right. excited that they had made a doll for him, a figure. Excuse yes. me, a figure. I think he was more excited in the fact that he still had a job. Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> unlike so me, we. So, we have our heroes at the diner, and they're going out to the car when uh, Tulip presses Jesse about Genesis voice, mm-hmm. the monster voice. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of like, I think she's she's thinking, is it real? Yeah. You know? And she says, show me or whatever. And he tells her to kiss him, which she does very passionately. Then she punches him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and they go to get in the car and she's like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> Which is another point to what we had talked about in prior episodes about how long the voice's effect works on people. That was quick. I think it's, yeah, but I think it was only he, his voice told her to kiss him. She did what he him, said. Oh, that's true. Yep. Yeah. After they kissed, it was gone. He didn't have, she didn't have to do it anymore. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Yep. So they jump in the car, put on their sunglasses, and go out on the road to find Which God. was a great scene, the way that was shot. Mm-hmm. And they were all just lined up in the Trinity. They're sitting in the car. Perfectly. Well, yeah, and they're lined up in the car, and then Je- and then Cassie's kind of like, can we go already? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and they take so off. <laughs> I love Cassie. Oh, my yeah. God. Very cool. And to end the show, we went one more final scene. The destruction of... Anvil is raining down on the highway. And we see the seraphim walking amongst the junk, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, kind of looking dazed. Kind of like, what the hell just happened? I don't know if you saw, I, I wasn't sure if it was a mannequin or if it was Donnie's wife. It was Donnie's wife. Who's lit. Yeah, the legs are sticking up. Because I thought with the... the, the, the oh, um, really? Yeah. I didn't see Dorothy that. slippers. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dorothy that's shoes. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was her. Yeah, I thought that might have been... So she's crumpled in an area too, and uh, so we see our the seraphim just standing there, kind of like dazed and trying to figure out what's going on. And all of a sudden, the seraphim's got a big hole mm-hmm. in her chest. Yeah, because we saw Donnie's wife was um, Betsy, right? Yeah, we saw yeah. we saw her like all dressed up. Yes, um, and Donnie was so freaked out about yep. not God not being there, he was unresponsive. She had the uh, ruby right. red slippers. So the seraphim drops dead, and if you notice. There was not a flash. That's right. She ain't coming back this time. She's not coming back. If if you get killed by um by the cowboy, no return. Then you ain't coming back. Oh yeah, we also saw um 
yeah. DeBlanc get, or excuse me, yeah, Fiore. Yeah, the saddest scene of the show. We, yes, yeah. the saddest scene of the show is and he's... No, we saw Fiore get dropped off at uh, the dam or whatever it was. at The, um, the Breaking Bad. Breaking dam. Bad scene, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, he's alone. So yeah, like you're saying, the, the, once you get killed by the cowboy, you are gone. Yep. Angel or not. Did you see the, the name of the uh, company that is the travel agency? Uh-uh. No. Distant Vistas. <laughs> that sounds very uh, Seinfeldish. Yeah, take you everywhere. <laughs> Del Boca Vista Phase Three. <laughs> Del <right>. Boca Vista. <laughs> yeah, but then we have the cowboy at the very end who says, "Preacher." Yep. So we're going to take a break right now, but when we come back, we're going to talk about next season and our expectations. We'll be right back. So we pretty much wrapped up the season. Um, do you guys have any general impressions of the whole season? And uh, what do you think is going to come up in season two? Well, I still say this was super refreshing when you compare it to The Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead, which are our other two shows that we cover um, and our huge hits on AMC to go from the really dark menacing gory zombie trust anybody type of scenario to something that's very campy kind of like ash what's what's that show Stuart? ash um, versus the evil dead ash and the evil dead yeah ash versus the evil dead and um it's just very zany and campy and off the wall it's even though it's kind of got a dark premise to it it's very refreshing. Yeah, it's good dark comedy. I think Ash versus yeah. the Evil Dead's more um, a lot more gore. Yeah, well, to this, it, which this I, one I'm, has a lot more depth to it. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a huge gore fan. I don't think, but um, yeah, this one is. Uh, this is. It's just very well done. Very creative. Uh, lots of little, you know, hidden Easter eggs through the whole thing. Um, yeah, and the, I mean the story. Yeah, the writing is really well done. Uh, how everything ties together. And yeah, the comedy is is there. I mean, you can see it from the layers of comedy that we've we've you know like from Arrested Development or Seinfeld or you know some of these other things, but still with that dark dark um, humor, black as night humor. Yeah, it's really good. It's really well done. I, I you know for me, it almost feels like if you took the Coen Brothers and threw it in with, like you said, Ash versus the Evil Dead, and Twin Peaks. Oh yeah, good reference. That you would get that you would get that feel for this thing because it really was like Twin Peaks on steroids. Yeah, it was. Without Twin Peaks, without any rules. Let's put it that way. Which, by and, the way, I heard they're redoing that one. Are they? Yeah. I don't think they need to, but no. nonetheless, um, <laughs> I think it was a fantastic season. Uh, I think it was a lot of fun. The show has created its own niche. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I can definitely foresee there will be other shows copying it. Yeah. It's, it's kind not of be like the only one we see like this, which is a shame because this it's going to take some of its uniqueness away. I think though in the second season um I think they'll be able to keep that going. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like Lost where it set the tone for upcoming shows that were coming out. It was like a whole new genre, but and I think Ash versus the Evil Dead kind of did this too, but it's just a very unique situation. Um you can hear Seth Rogen coming out in a lot of the dialogue that happens mm-hmm. between the characters, which is unique. Um, a lot of the pop references, I'm sure, yeah. came from he and his buddy. Yeah, yeah. I still feel like it's like a frat party. Mm-hmm. Oh, those guys are those guys are still talking about the same shit they talked about in high school. Oh, I know. They're just having a blast just doing this. Mm-hmm. I think frat party is more <laughs> that that uh, sausage party movie. That's well, that too, and, he, and Seth Rogen's in that yeah. too. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that took that one took some balls to to sell. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think Preacher is like Seth Rogen and his childhood buddies. Wet dreams come true. Yeah. Like seriously. How long has the it's, comic been out? Like I don't even know how long it's been. It's been around a while. Yeah. Judging from the hairstyles that are in the comic book, it's been around a long while. <laughs> well, he talks about when they, that I... they liked it when they were kids. Yeah. So I have no I idea. Guess. I didn't think it was that old. I didn't think it was that old, but it could or be. Or maybe they're that young. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. talking about like five years ago. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> five years ago in my years is like nothing. Um, it takes you that long to take the trash out, doesn't it? <laughs> no, but to do the lawn, yes. <laughs> For your back to feel better. Uh, you ass. My back. Oh, I've fallen and I can't get up. Where's my beeper? 1995. 1995. Okay, so it's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. 20, right. 21 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I, I predict we are going to see the comic book in the second series. For real, for sure. Yep, I think we're going to see the road trip from hell. Mm-hmm. And... They're going to be in search of God, and they're going to meet some badass people on the way. <laughs> I'm still sad they lost Quinn Cannon. I liked Quinn Cannon. I liked the I liked Sheriff Root. Yeah. Well, I kind of liked Emily, and I liked Betsy too because mm-hmm. she was crazy. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't get a whole connection with Betsy, but but Emily definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she didn't deserve what happened. Let's put it yeah, that way. Yeah, but Quinn Cannon no, was too. super crazy. You gotta love he that. He was super crazy. Um, and he was in. Bad, well, okay, preacher, take it away. And he was in Bad News Bears. And he was in Bad News. Bears. So, so season huh. two. God, he was an ugly kid. I keep envisioning <laughs> Norman Reedus's ride, uh-huh. and I'm just at picture. <laughs> you think he's gonna join? They're gonna meet up with him. <laughs> they might meet up with Norman. Is he gonna be? Is he gonna surround himself with people that'll kiss his ass? He's gonna be like, hey, cool car. <laughs> what you got under the hood? I think we should ride, and everybody's going to go, yeah, let's go ride with Norman. You may yeah. ride? <laughs> no, but <laughs> I'm envisioning it kind of like that, where they're just... Preacher will shoot him. Driving through the countryside, meeting up with crazy, zany people. You know, like people who have toilets in their living room, or cows live inside Well, I hope, it doesn't become, I hope it doesn't become monst- Monster of the Week, though. Um, yeah, that's true. But I definitely think we're going to be seeing the man in the white suit. Yep. 
and whatever he represents, um, because they didn't play that one anymore in the series in the first season after we saw him. So he's going to be back. It'll be interesting because they're leaving this bubble of a town where it seemed to be cut off from all reality. And now, Uh and now they're going out, um, to the wild frontier. We'll see. Well, see, that's Uh the cool part about it. Cause normally at the end of the season for any type of show, there's questions that are left unanswered. And there are people in the background that you don't know if you're going to see them again. Mm -hmm. Well, there's like no one left except for the guy in the white Uh suit. There's nobody left to ever come back. And maybe Eugene, maybe Eugene, but it's, they could have had the entire season cowboy as the whole series. Cowboy. And so right. we have, I mean, it's hard to predict what's going to happen. We have no clue because there's no one left except for the three of them. Well, I know, I know from things I've read about the comics is it's, it's a worldwide chase. Yeah. And so they're going to go f- far, far around would be my guess. Cool. So we're going to see them in a lot of different aspects, not just Texas. Well, that'll be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just love Maybe the fact that they're North Carolina. Going... Yeah, that's true. I just love the fact that they're going to find God. What are they going to mm-hmm. do with him when they they're find right. him besides kick his ass? Well, they're going to either help him or kick his ass. Why do you think God left? Do you think he's just fed up with everybody's problems and listening to everybody? Just needs some time off, needs All a day right. at the spa, chill out. <laughs> but no, I, I I would think yes. The just the state of the world may have said, made my God want to go on a walkabout. Yeah, I I mean I agree with you. I think that he's just he's done. I don't think we're gonna find out that for a long time. No, I don't think so either. Not until the very last episode of this se- series. I just like the fact right. also that we just don't know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And I I like the fact that I'm <clears> not <throat> reading any comics and I don't want to read anything into it. I want it to all be mm-hmm. a total surprise. Yep, yep. I think what we're going to find out is the thing that, that made Cassidy so excited. It's not the end result that there were, that's going to be interesting. It's going to be the road trip. Yeah, the journey. Yep. Yep. That's what's going to be interesting. And for you comic book readers out there, and if I just said something that was really stupid, so be it. Bring it. Bring <laughs> it. Yeah. Come help Scott or kick his ass. So one of the really cool things on Talking Preacher last night was that one of our listeners was mentioned. And who was that, Kim? Ryan the Lion. That's right, Hercules Handy. We've mentioned him quite a few Hercules times. Hercules Handy, yeah, my he, favorite. No, he's been good. Uh, we've, we've had a lot of back and forth with old Hercules, Hercules. Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> Hercules Handy. That's, yeah, that that's was cool, cool to hear um, Hardwick uh, mention him. I, I don't. Re- did do you remember what his quote was? I know. Is he actually? I was just so excited even... to hear his name. I totally <laughs> I missed what he actually said. <laughs> I'm sure it was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what Way you said. Go, Hart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't care what you said. We're just really excited for you. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty yep. cool. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, cool. So, Kim, do we have any news items this week? The biggest news item is that Fear of the Walking Dead returns August 21st. Walking Dead will come back October 23rd. Um, Ooh, that's like exactly three weeks then. Yep. Yep. For the 21st, August. Wow, okay. 
So I got to ask you, Kim, have you watched uh, Stranger Things yet? Holy shit. That was good. That was, it was really, really weird, but it was oh good. Oh my yes. God, I love this show. Did you see I, it, Scott? Yeah, I watched the first two episodes. So same here. We haven't gotten further than that. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it captured me right from the beginning. The girl is great. If I had all day to watch it, I would totally just sit there and watch the whole thing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And I loved all the 80s references. I know. Yeah, even mm-hmm. the filming, mm-hmm. the writing, like uh, the dress, everything was like perfect. Perfectly captured. Yeah, and just when you start movie. just when you start feeling like it's a, a kid's show, you know, because yeah. some of the characters are like kids, e. something gruesome happens. Yeah. And you're like, oh, oh, wait a minute. Okay, this is an adult show. Well, you had the, the best friend girl that has like the mom pants and like the ruffled shirt and stuff. <laughs> yes. And, like, Barbara. Yeah, bar- and the huge yeah, what glasses. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how cool was it that she was she was seeing that pool area from a different vision yeah. than other people were? I mean, that creeped me out. Yeah. That was very cool. It's it's a fantastic but, show. So if you have uh-huh, not watched uh-huh. it, you need to go watch it ASAP. Yeah. yeah. And in between Net- seasons, Netflix here, original. Yeah, you need to just take the opportunity now that nothing else is really good is on, and uh, just go watch it. Well, it's intentionally yep. has like a little cheesy to it. It's it's really well done. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. And there's only eight mm-hmm. episodes, right? Yep. That is uh, you know, super I honestly quick don't watch. Know. I don't know. Well, they're hour episodes, so. Well, kind of. You'd watch it in one day. <laughs> <laughs> they're not your episodes. Huh? No, but it is very good. It's very good. So uh, <laughs> if you get a chance to watch it, I know I would recommend it. I'm I'm very much looking forward to watching the rest of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, guys, have we pretty much wrapped things up? Well, just to say that since Fear comes about, comes on uh, August 21st, we are going to take a break until then um, oh, and yeah. just kind of chill out a little bit. We got some things, stuff and things to do. <laughs> Buy a house. Buy a house, maybe. <laughs> Move. Our, our, our poor editor is very tired. Yeah. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and uh, so we'll be back August 21st, and we'll be covering the entire season of Fear. And then... Excited about it. Yeah, I am, it actually. I, if you, I mean, if you've seen any of the clips or even some of the, the media, they're releasing photos and such. It's a, it looks pretty cool. I'm excited. Yep. yep. There's a lot of stuff am, with Nick. Yeah. Yep. I am glad that we on. had Peter in the meantime to just kind of, uh-huh. you know... Uh-huh. Well, especially since it was such a different show. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I'm I'm very excited about getting back to fear. I, I think I'm more excited about getting back to fear than Walking Dead, to tell you the truth. Uh, I'm the opposite, but, you know. I'm, I'm s- a little burnt out on the Walking Dead talk. I'm still very excited about the fear stuff, so. Who did Negan kill? Oh, I cannot wait to freaking meet him at Atlanta. He was just announced. Oh, really? Oh, he yeah. was going to be there. Jeffrey Dean Morgan? Yes. So nice. we're going to have Norman Reedus, Andy Lincoln, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan at Atlanta. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. going to be awesome. When is that one? <laughs> Halloween weekend. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, you got to come <laughs> down, too, because we got to get... What, what's the um, uh, the haunted house near us? Netherworld. Yeah. Netherworld. Oh. Top-rated haunted house in the country. Are you planning on coming up for the Charlotte show? Yeah. That's in December. We're, I think we're going to send okay. the kids through Netherworld by themselves. No. Nice. <laughs> they would call CPS on us. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes, they would. Uh, they may do it anyway, but nonetheless, you don't want to encourage them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they just have to listen to the podcast. <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. So, yeah, so we're going to take a break, and then we'll be back strong with fear, and then we'll go right into The Walking Dead in October. So, good times, good times. All right, everybody. So thank you once again for listening to the Fear Me podcast and for listening to everything that we had to say about Preacher and bearing with us since we haven't read the comics at all. <laughs> um, you can find us on Twitter, SoundCloud, Google Play, and on iTunes. And you can also find us on Facebook and on the web at www.fearmepodcast.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. And we will be back in a few weeks for the second half of Fear the Walking Dead. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Good night. It was the time of the preacher When the story began Of the choice of a lady Love of a man